share something from my heart. And uh, I just felt led to go this way. But I personally believe that what I'm going to be sharing tonight, I told the Lord I will always go back to these things because they are so important. This is probably uh, one of the greatest keys that the Lord has given to the church. I don't think many uh, know and understand fully the gift that they have and the power of this gift to change situations in your life, to change your life, and to bring things, to make things happen in your life is so important. Very simple, but I'd like to go back to it and share with our church because we'll keep having people coming. Father, I just ask that you bless your word tonight. We believe that we have ears that can hear. We believe that we have hearts that can understand. And we thank you that our eyes can see. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want to talk about tonight is uh, praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. You know, among believers, you have those that are Pentecostals, and they believe one thing, and those that are just charismatics, and we believe some other things, and Baptists. The, the church is one. And what we must do as believers is whatever you can draw from the Word of God to benefit your life and to spread your influence on the earth, you must lash onto it. First, you must understand it, and after you understand it, begin to put the Word of God into practice. It's not the hearer of the Word that is blessed. Amen. Notice, it's not the hearer that's blessed. It's the doer of the Word that's blessed. That means if you do God's Word, you will be blessed. Amen. Many times we hear the Word and we just hear without doing anything with it. And you lose that seed. Because every time you hear the word of God, God is actually planting a seed in you. Jesus said, the word is the seed. And that seed must grow and will produce fruit in your life if you lock into that seed. We need to water the seed. And if we do what the word says, we will be blessed according to the word of God. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, it says... And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We need to understand that here Paul was talking about the armor of God, and many of us stop at that verse 17. We don't realize that what makes the rest of the armor work is in verse 18. Now in verse 1 it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You have to be strong first in the Lord and in His power of His might before you can actually put on the armor of God. And if you have no armor, you can't really fight this battle. We are in a battle, we are in a race. You got to be prepared to run. You, to run the race. You have to be prepared to fight. 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Now he tells you all of it, the belt of truth and all of it. Then he comes to verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. That's the one, the offensive weapon, which is the word of God. Then he tells you praying always. Praying always. Not sometimes, but always. Christian, you have to, you and I have to develop this habit. Praying. You got to pray always. Not sometimes, if you're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, so that you can withstand all that the enemy is going to be throwing at you, and to stand, as the Bible says, therefore, before you put on the whole armor of God, you need to be praying always. With all prayer, so we're talking about different types of prayer. The prayer of intercession, the prayer for forgiveness, prayer for dedication, intercession, and all of those type of prayers. All prayer and supplication in what? The Spirit. All prayer in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we are commanded to pray always, but to pray always in the Spirit. This is the key. Years back, I discovered this secret. And um, I know at that stage in my life, it was really difficult to understand spiritual things. Uh, I was in church, very dedicated, went out witnessing. Some of you heard Pastor Addison. You know, I did my witnessing thing and I did all of those stuff. But I really didn't have good understanding of scriptures and I didn't know how to do a lot of things. And I thought that was far first just for some people. And then I found this secret, <laughs> praying in the spirit. And if God will give you understanding tonight, I tell you, in many areas of life, you will lose the fear. You will lose fear. This can lock you into serious faith in God. Where from time to time, we're all humans. When the enemy comes at you and you're about to go down, something comes up unexpectedly, pulls you back up and you're strong again. You know God is with you. This is such a great secret. Now, I'm sharing from the word of God now. So a lot of people believe that the priest, when notice the Bible says, we as Christians, not some, all of us. Pray always in the spirit. And there is a purpose for it. So if you are a Christian, God is telling you, you need to pray in the spirit always. You must be, it must be in prayer always, but your prayer always must be in the spirit. Now, a lot of people, uh, you know, when, if they don't believe in speaking in tongues, for example, they believe that they pray in the Spirit. And this is what they tell you. When I'm praying, I, the words just roll out from my mouth. I mean, he just comes in. Yeah, you're praying, right? That's inspired prayer. Amen? And God does hear inspired prayer. But inspired prayer is not as powerful as praying in the Spirit. It's very different. When I learned this secret for a while, I'm going to give you, this is a true secret and it will help anybody. For a while, I did not pray in English much. 
And uh, many times we call on people in church to pray, pray out loud. In those days, I was really scared of somebody calling me to pray out loud because I wasn't used to doing that. I mean, not in English. I didn't want pastor to call me to pray in English before people because I didn't do that much. <laughs> I prayed in tongues a lot. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 and 15, it tells you what it means to pray in the Spirit. Notice the Bible has already said, we must pray always with all prayer and supplication, not some, all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So how do you pray in the Spirit? This is what it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. When you are praying in tongues, that's when you are praying in the spirit. When I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. And if you read in some translation, my spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit, prays. That's when you are praying in the spirit. We're not talking about how to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because I know it's Wednesday night. We're talking to people who have possibly received the Holy Spirit. What are you doing with the gift? What are you doing with the gift? Do you really understand the power behind this gift? What God can do through this gift? Many of us want the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives. But this primary gift, we have not really made use of it much. Not in secret. But you know, Jesus said, when you pray in secret, what will happen? The Father will reward you openly. So what have you been praying in secret? How have you been praying in secret? For the Father to reward you openly. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So if you pray an inspired prayer, yes, you are praying an inspired prayer, and the spirit is involved. But if you understand what you're saying, you are not praying in the spirit. You are praying an inspired prayer. Because the word of God says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I'm saying. So if you understand what you're saying... You are not praying in the Spirit. You are praying with the help of the Spirit, inspired prayer, but you are really not praying in the Spirit the way God wants you to. Many Christians pray, you know, some don't even pray much at all. You're just going and winging it, winging it out, whatever comes, you know. Only when trouble really comes, then you really see God's face. And even then, you don't really pray in the Spirit. You think, depending on just letting God know. But I'm going to tell you that this is what came from heaven to assist you. Remember what Jesus said, when the helper is come, huh? He's the helper. He's supposed to help us in every area of our Christian life, including our prayer life. And that's the most important. And we neglect the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. In other words, I will pray with the Spirit, meaning praying in tongues, but I will also pray with the understanding as well. In other words, I pray when I, I can speak my language just for my own edification. It says, so I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Now, receiving the Holy Spirit, uh, the Pentecostals, early Pentecostals regard this, and they call this your prayer language. I mean, you heard that? Your prayer language is so important. I'm going to show you a scripture now about this, that God had prophesied way back 
that this is the way to be in one accord and to really get to him in prayer from the Old Testament. And the disciples understood this. And let me give you a little bit more in this before we delve into that. Who was the great the man that prayed in tongues more than everybody that's ever lived? Who had the greatest revelation of them? Paul. That's a secret. Paul said, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. He was a Texan. <laughs> he prayed in tongues more than every one of them. And he had the greatest revelation. Uh, I don't know if anyone can pray in tongues. Now, Kenneth Hagin, I used to read in his books, he said he'll pray long in tongues for about an hour or more. And uh, one day he did that, and he said when he got up, he was determined. He went on his knees to pray in tongues. And he started praying in tongues for about an hour. And when one hour was gone, he stood up. And he said the devil spoke to him. He heard it. He says, now you've prayed in an hour in tongues. What happened then? He said, he said to the devil, if you say that again, I'll go for one other hour. And he said, he said, what happened now? He said, he went right back. And he said, after this one hour, if you say that again, I'll go back for another hour. You know, read his testimony. I know these things. Are you just, the, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Kenneth Hagin boldly testified all over. And people who knew him said, Jesus would pull a chair, appear in the room before him, pull a chair, sit, and they're talking. Have you ever experienced that? You won't say that because <laughs> you know people will not like it. But when you know you're speaking the truth, you won't be afraid. Yeah. You see, that's a lot. We're missing a lot because we're not willing. But the Bible says if we are willing and obedient, we will eat of the good of the land. You have such a power generating thing from God inside of you, and we're not using it much. It's not about how, you know, I'm praying, I have, I spend some time praying. I just want to spend that time. I need to do more of it. Not just talking about praying. Language is so important. Let me give you Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9. It says, for then I will restore to the people, what? A pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord amen I will restore to them a pure language that they may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord we saw that in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came this is the pure language that God is restored to us. There is something about language. There is something about words. From the very beginning, God made it very clear to us, words mean a lot in this life. He told us from the beginning, God spoke, and God spoke, and God spoke. And when God will confine the language of the people in Genesis... When they were building, you remember they were in one accord. They wanted to build this tower way up to the heaven. And God said, and we can read in Genesis chapter 11, verse 6 and 7. 
He says, and the Lord said, indeed the people are one and they all have one language. I use the word one language so you remember again, God said, I will restore to the people a pure language. I will restore to the people a pure language. Meaning when sin came, language was defiled. God said they have one language and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there, confuse their language, that they may not understand one another. I mean, they were doing something, they were in one accord, and they had one language, God says, you can't stop them. Nobody can. Not even God. The only way to stop them is change their language. And God has told us in Zephaniah that he is going to restore to the people a pure language. Do you have a pure language? The real pure language is when you speak in tongues. Nothing defiled comes out of it. Many of us get upset and we say what we don't want to say. Is that, is that happened to you? It's happened to me. But this language, the, the language that the Holy Spirit is giving to us, praying in tongues, this new language, nothing defiled. That's a pure language. He gave you that language to call on him. That's what the Bible said. He will restore to us a pure language so that we can call on him and then we can serve him with one accord. I tell you what, if all believers in the church decide they will come together and pray in tongues all the time, spend hours praying in tongues together, watch out what God is going to do. The enemy knows that. So we are never in agreement. We don't, when you talk about prayer, call for prayer meeting, find out how many will be there. If we would do that in our fellowship, the whole church, and we decide we're going to pray in tongues all along and really mean business, believe in God's word, watch out what God will begin to do. It will amaze you. You've seen miracles, you haven't seen anything yet. If we would do this. But that's where the enemy comes in, to discourage us, to think, you know, we, we need to pray this way or many people pray more in their language because it edifies their mind. They don't realize that in the spirit they are not getting very far. It's the Holy Ghost. He is the helper. He helps you in every area, including this particular area that is so important to call on the name of the Lord for answers. Let me read you some scriptures and just go through with me carefully we're studying the scripture here. In Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah chapter 28. Now many of us would like to study the scriptures. And I like to study scriptures. But how many of you have heard people say. Well I've read through the Bible many times. Amen. But then when you study. And you stay with them. You're around them. And ask, see the way they behave. You wonder. Is this the person that's read through the Bible many times? What's happening? Have you seen that? Have you heard that? I've seen people that tell me that I've read the Bible several times. But you don't see it in their lives. They just followed the letter. The Spirit wasn't there. You can't do anything without the Spirit of God. We know that. He is our helper. You can't live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. You can't get anyone converted without the Holy Spirit. 
the disciples in the early days, they were very serious about this matter. You get saved, they want you filled in with the Holy Spirit. So you can have your own prayer language. Nothing is said much about it, but then when you notice Paul saying, I thank my God, I pray in tongues more than you all, because the Corinthian Christians, they measured in praying in tongues. But they were not really looking at scriptures very well. You need both of them. But if you have combined both of them like Paul did, your life will be completely different. Now, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 10 through 13, it says, For precept must be upon precept, not should be, must be. Must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line, here a little, there a little. That's how we grow in Christian faith. We come to church, we learn, we go back home, we study the scriptures. That's if you're really serious about knowing God. Some people are not serious. They claim to be serious, but God is looking at their heart. They don't make time. I know many of us, you know, we spent, for me personally, I made a lot of time to be in college stayed for long because I wanted to have education. You want to educate yourself in the word of God, precept upon precept, line upon line. For you to be successful as a Christian, you must have precept upon precept, line upon line from the word of God, line upon line, here a little. No, you can get everything together in one day, there a little. Then it says, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to these people. And you can read in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, maybe verse 21. Paul was referring to that as speaking in tongues. It says, For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to these people. So, how does God speak to the people through this? If God is going to be dealing with you, doing business, he's got to go through this venue in your life. I will speak to these people to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. You want to rest in the spirit? You want to rest in God and really enter into God? Spraying in the Holy Spirit is the rest. I know when things come at me and I'm overwhelmed by it, if I can find some time, just 30 minutes, and really pray in tongues, especially when I'm alone where I can pray out real loud. He drowns everything. And when it's over, I have a lot of peace. Situation hasn't changed, but I'm not bothered by it anymore. They don't know how God is going to deal with it, but I have my peace. I wish Christians would understand this is a, to me in the 80s, I found this secret. And I pursued it till today. I do that a lot. I don't pray much in English. I pray in tongues more. And I can be praying in tongues. Stop. And then God wants to talk to me. And I know. Because he'll tell me, you need to be quiet. I hear it in my spirit. I can hear his voice. You need to be quiet. I want to talk to you. And it's just as simple. I say, Lord, very simply, wait a minute. I need to get a pen. I want to write this down. Sometimes I know without him telling me, I don't need to write this down. Other times I know when I need to write it down. And he's spoken to me and those things have come to pass. So I know he's working that way. He doesn't speak to me all the time. I don't yearn for him to speak to me every time. I just do what the word says. 
And I'm not perfect. I'm just like him. Still growing. I'm still learning. But this has helped me. That's all I'm saying tonight. This has been very helpful for me. Here a little, there a little. This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. God will cause you to rest. If you are weary, things are happening, you don't understand, you can't put the things together, you need rest. In other words, you need, you need to rest in God and have faith that God is going to take care of it. You now know that God has it in His hands and He's doing something about it. What He's doing, you don't know, but you don't care because you know and the Spirit is confirmed and witnessed to you in your spirit. God is doing something about it. His peace will guard your heart. You know, that's what the Bible says. With all prayer and supplication... He says, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that passes knowledge. How? Through the Holy Spirit. He gets you into his rest. And things will begin to happen. You're disturbed. People have said things and it's bothering you. And you're, you're, you feel like responding, doing something. Praying tongues. It's all God. Amen? Amen? You feel good. And then you have right direction where to go. And you are not troubled in your mind. The Holy Spirit. When you think about Paul, uh, Saul, King Saul, when, the, when, when an evil spirit comes upon him, he's depressed and disturbed. And David begins to play. Huh? And the evil spirit lives. And the presence of the Holy Spirit comes in. He's well again. He's at peace. We even have more of that today. Amen? Through the Holy Ghost. We can accomplish them. And it's just the problem is how to get Christians to agree together and say, let's do this. That's where the problem is. Because the devil knows if two shall agree concerning anything, right? God will do it. But he says, here a little, there a little. But if we pray in tongues, we can enter into this rest. He'll cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing you want to be refreshed in the lord people are running back and forth looking for revival revival is good i don't you know knock down revival some people need revival why would you revive something that means he's dying right i don't want to die and be revived all the time you understand what I'm saying? I'm not knocking revival. But if you're running around looking for revival, it means you're dying and keep waking up again. I stay my Christian life even. Just like that. Not someday I'm up. Hey, brother, I'm feeling good. Or I'm not feeling good. Something is wrong. That's not the way God wants us to live. Enter into his rest. They need revival. We'll pray for revival to come so that they can enter into his rest. But I don't have to be coming off his rest and needing to, to be revived to get back into his rest. You don't understand how to stay with God. So you're going back and forth with every wind of doctrine. You're not settled. This is the truth. You need refreshing praying the spirit. This is the refreshing. To whom you say, this is the refreshing. Well, this is the rest with which you cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. But they will not. They don't want that. They want to set up their own way of doing it. 
It's emotional. You're way up there, and then you're way back down again. My wife and I talk about this. I like Christians who are consistent. I can rely on them. Sometimes up, sometimes down. I can deal with that. It's joyful, stay that way. Don't be bipolar in your faith. <laughs> it says, to whom he said, this is the rest, which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear, but what they want to do, notice that he went back to the first thing, but the word of the Lord was to them, They've taken the spirit out, so they're just going to rest in the world. We're going to listen to the word of God and apply the word of God. So it says to them, they went precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. They're following that here a little and there a little without the Holy Ghost. Look at the result, that they might go and fall backward and be broken. And snared and cut. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't do it. You can do all your precepts and your Bible study and all of that. If you're not spending a lot of time praying in tongues, you're not going to grow very much. That's what he's saying. You won't enter into his rest. I found this out a long time ago. I'm sharing this. Because God's bringing new people and bringing you, you're bringing you here. So you learn. I remember I've shared this before. When I learned this, uh, after I'd stayed in the United States for some time, I started praying in tongues like crazy. In those days, because of my background and uh, I worshipped idols and all of that, I was scared of demons. And uh, if anything felt like not right in my body, I felt really bad and I quickly stopped praying in tongues. But after that, I started doing it. Lost all the fearful demons. Don't care about them. Just face God. And I prayed in tongues all the time. If you tell me, brother, let's pray, I'll kneel down and I'll start praying in tongues. But at home, the brothers only pray in tongues when they feel inspired, you know. You know, what they say is, and it used to be here as well. Where they, have you heard them? They go, ooh, urabaka shata. Few words, and they say, today was a real blessing I spoke in tongues. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Because they felt moved. You are supposed to pray in tongues every time you want to. It's your gift. It's your prayer language. It's the pure language that God gave to you. You don't have to urababashana. So everybody says, hey, it's good today. And that's how we were raised in Nigeria. So when I went back, I had learned this from the United States, studying the scriptures, and I was excited about it. A Christian brother, a pastor, a friend of mine, called me, and we, we, we know about demons and casting out of demons. And we never hear people speaking in tongues at, you know, at length, you know, for long periods of time. And my Christian brother, a pastor, said, let's pray, brother, good luck. I said, fine, let's pray. And I knelt down, and I started speaking in tongues, and I won't quit. Just on and on and on. And he stopped, and he looked at me like, is something wrong with brother, good luck? I thought we were supposed to... Move. He'll do that and then he'll be praying in English. But I kept praying in tongues. And he was convinced this man is possessed. He's praying in tongues too much. He needs to stop and feel, wait for that movement. You know, when you feel, ooh, So that's what he thought. 
The next thing I knew, he started casting out demons. I pined you in Jesus' name. And I knew he was dealing with me. So I looked around and I said, what is he, why is he binding demons? I was still praying in tongues. So as soon as I noticed he was trying to cast out demons for me, I decided I need to punish my brother. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I increased the decibels, you know. I started praying out real loud in tongues. Man, I bind you in Jesus. He said, he was, he was, man, this brother is possessed. And then when we got through, I didn't even say a word. I got up like, hey, God has answered our prayer. And wow, he said, something about this. He watched me for a few times. Then he finally started talking to me. Why do you do this? Then I explained to him from the scriptures. This was in the 80s. And then he went and talked to another pastor. They all came. Pastor said, please tell us, where did you get this? So I shared some of the same things. Because God worked a miracle in this pastor's life in a situation that was so difficult. They didn't know how to pray. And he thought it was over. And they prayed in tongues. That was all they knew to do. The next day or two, situation had changed. The pastor said, I want to see the man who taught you this time. We need to, we need to do this. Amen? Amen? So important. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I didn't put this there. Verse 26. When you pray in tongues. Oh, I still have time. I thought it was too much. Pastor Andy got through, through uh, first, uh, that's good tonight for me because I have some time. But I want to share this with you. Please understand. I want to share what God has shown me from the word. That's what we're supposed to do. And I'm hoping that you will practice this and see what God does in your own life. Amen? Uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. The weakness he's talking about is the fact that we don't know what to pray for. Not weakness in the form of strength, you know, I'm not able to walk right. You, as a human being, if I have to pray for you, I don't know everything that's happening in your life. You understand? I may be praying for you to receive something, but what the Holy Spirit really knows you need, I don't know that. And you may not even know what you really need. He knows everything. So we have that weakness as human beings, we don't know what's going on. You may be in your home and your, your son may be coming back from work and there's, going, there's uh, an accident waiting for him in the way. You won't know. Is there any way for you to know that? Could you pray for something like that? But I've read testimonies of the Holy Spirit waking up people. They don't know what to pray for. They start praying in tongues. And that thing was averted. That's what he's saying. We don't know what to pray for. It's not that we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. Because we are humans. We are weak in that area. God, he knows everything. The Holy Spirit, he knows all that's happening in the world. You don't know what's going on in your child's life. But the Holy Spirit can pray beforehand. To deal with the situation. That's what he's saying. For we do. Likewise the spirit. Capital S. That's the Holy Spirit. 
also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. It's not that we don't know what to pray for. Sometimes, just like Pastor Wendy said tonight, we know what to pray for. He'll read it for us, and we know what to pray for. But we don't know what to pray for as we ought. That's a weakness that we have. And the Holy Spirit helps that in that area. So how are you going to get the Holy Spirit to pray for you in that area? The Holy Spirit is going to walk into your room and start praying for something that you don't know. How many of you have seen the Holy Spirit praying by himself? He's going to do it through you. How? Through tongues. Now look at what he says. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. How is the Holy Spirit going to make intercession for you? Have you seen the Holy Spirit in your room making intercession for you? How? He's through you. Through your own lips. Saying those things that you don't understand that he knows. And he's saying that to the, to the Lord. And praying for you. You may be looking for one thing, but the Holy Spirit wants you. God knows this is what is best for you. And when you pray in tongues, what I do is this. I have that thing in my mind, and I'm praying, God, please help me with this. But what's coming out of my mouth is tongues. And I can stay that for 15 minutes on the same one thing. How many of you can pray for 15 minutes for saying one thing? It'll be vain repetition before it's over. Because you can't be saying the same thing all over and over again. But when you have that in your mind and asking God, please help me. And you're praying in tongues, guess what you're doing? The Holy Spirit is putting everything before the Father. There's no way God can refuse the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God himself. He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You have to look some other translation to find out what he's saying. So he's speaking in tongues. Verse 27. Now he, that's God, who searches the heart, knows what the mind of the Spirit. Capital S. God knows what the Spirit is saying. Because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints, that's you and I, according to the will of God. When the Holy Spirit is praying through you, he's praying the will of God into your life. Did Jesus not ask us to pray this way? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do you know what's going on in heaven? Do you? But the Holy Spirit does. And he can tell the Father. And the way we do that is engage this pure language that God has given to us. Engage this pure language. Uh, What I say to people, don't get too religious on on yourself. I time myself. When you're trying to do this for the first time, (laughs) you can do it for like 10 minutes. It will appear like an hour. Amen. But at least you time yourself for the first 10 minutes. Amen. And look at the time. 10 minutes. I've done this. Then increase the time. And watch what God will do. I read of a man that discovered this. I think Robinson was his name. He discovered this and he locked himself in, a, in his closet, literally. Because God called him into the ministry and stayed there because he said, well, I don't have a church. I don't do anything. So I have nowhere to go. He stopped working. So he stayed in that closet. So when people are working, he stayed there for eight hours praying. He said the first day he went in there, 
he decided he was going to stay for eight hours. He had his list. If in 30 minutes, he was through with his list. He has seven and a half hours to stay there. And he says, oh my God, what am I going to stay? So he started praying in tongues. That was all he knew. The first day that he got out of that place, he went to a meeting. He turned around and he says, literally, God showed him the arthritis that was plaguing the woman that was sitting by. The preacher was already, was all preaching. And he went to the woman and laid his hands and that woman was healed. That was the beginning of his ministry. Got his book out. He pushes it very strongly that Christians ought to pray in tongues. I had the books years ago when I was trying to learn all of this. But this is a key for your spiritual life to change. Spiritual fervor will increase, I mean, greatly if you will spend time doing this. He prays according to the will of God for your life. You have a hard situation. You don't know how to deal with it. You don't even know what to say. Maybe there's a quarrel or whatever. You don't know how. Spend some time. God will give you wisdom. He'll tell you exactly what to do. And it will work. Believe me, it will work. Because you pray and you're quiet. And he starts speaking like in your head. That's how you can be led. That's how you can do, you know, my mind what I'm doing today. I talk to him. I pray. And then listen. What are you saying? And he may not even speak at that point, but I may be doing something and the thought come in, I know who is doing that. Because I'm not making myself think that way. You understand what I'm saying? He floats in and I know what's going on. That's why the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. How many of us have been led? How do you know if the Spirit is leading you? I think these things will become very clear and you lose your fear for spiritual things, especially the gifts and all of that. You just lose your fear. And you can now know there's an open avenue for you to begin to grow in Christ. And you never get bored with the things of God. How many people feel bored? People feel, I mean, we are humans. But I tell you to keep that up. You need to do this. You can get bored. Let me show you this and I'll quit for tonight. The Holy Spirit, Jesus referred to as the Spirit of Truth. He is the Spirit of Truth. But Jesus also said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will what? Make you free. You can't know truth without the Holy Spirit. He is the one to reveal truth to you. Jesus said to Peter, you didn't get this because you're smart. It was my father that revealed it to you. Did God come to Peter? No, it was through the Holy Spirit. If you will have any revelation from God, and when God gives you revelation in any area, you're free. I don't care what that area is. Some people have sought God in the area of healing. He gives them revelation and God begins to walk in that area. Some in, maybe in some other gift and God walks through them in that gift. Whatever area you focus on praying in the spirit and seeking after God, he will open revelation. But if you get any revelation, if you receive any revelation, he's got to come from the Holy Ghost. He is the one that reveals Christ. He is the spirit of truth. 
He is the one to reveal these things to you. Until he reveals it, you won't know truth, and you cannot be free without truth. He is the spirit of truth. So Jesus was clear. He don't do anything, he said. Wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost. I talked to you about this. You need him. You will be an ordinary Christian without the Holy Ghost in your life. That's the way it's going to be. I saw a fellow, you know, that some voodoo doctors threatened him. I mean, it was those days. The voodoo doctors threatened him, and he was very worried. I mean, they actually made him sick. And I'm not kidding. They made the voodoo doctors made him sick. They, they went to a village and preached. And the voodoo doctor saw him because he was from that village. This was back in my home. He was from that village, and they saw him among them, and they thought he was the one that brought these Christians to come and disturb their demons. So they went after him. This was before I came to the U.S. In those days, you know, I was as fearful as, as this fellow was telling me. He had all these bombs all over him. He said, they did it to me, and I've been begging them to, to release me that I didn't bring them. They just came on their own. I, I was confused. I was confused. I mean, hearing this is a man that goes to church with me. I'm very frank with you. A man that goes to church with me made sick by demons. And nobody could help him. And I was about living in Nigeria for the United States at that time. So what am I supposed to do? I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And here is a brother in church. And he, the demons can do this to him. And he's, he's afraid and begging this witch doctors to help. It didn't make sense. And I've been to those villages. I will go back there. Those demons must pray when I'm coming around for their help. Because God is shown the word of God. And that God is more powerful than all of these forces. But you can only know these things as God revealed them. I don't have to, like they tell me, oh, this witch person is coming. So good luck, go and fast and pray. Why should I go and fast and pray for a witch? They are possessed with some little demon. I have the Holy Ghost. They should pray. I'm not praying for God to protect me from a witch. Yes, that's, that's stupid. They should be praying. But you don't, I never got there, you know, years ago. I was as fearful as that. But I credit everything to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Everything to the Holy Spirit. And the power to reveal that you don't have to fear. I'm bigger than the rest of them. Greater is it that is in you. Than, and we read these scriptures all the time. But things come at us and we forget who is in us. So Paul says, stir up the gift that is in you. Amen? Stir up that gift that is in you. Stir it up so that you can become the man, the woman of God that God wants you to be. John 14 verse 17. The spirit of truth, Jesus says, whom the world cannot receive because he neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So it's the Holy Spirit that reveals. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through what? Through his Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You see, things that you cannot even enter into your head, the only way your mind, nothing, the only way that you can know them, 
only through the Holy Spirit. Now, question is, how are you going, going to get the Holy Spirit to do that to you? To show it to you? I believe the secret is praying in tongues. Amen? Just praying in tongues, just like Paul did. I thank my God I pray in tongues more than you all. <laughs> That's what he said. Now, verse 12 says, Now we have received, you have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we, through the Holy Spirit, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How do you know the things that have been freely given to you? By the Holy Spirit you, that you have received. How many things have God shown you that is given to you? How do you get the Holy Spirit to reveal this? I personally believe that is when you engage the Holy Spirit in tongues, praying in the Spirit, that God will begin to reveal things to you. In other words, you pick up the Scriptures and you see things that you didn't get from theological books. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. Now, this is simple. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you don't speak in tongues, it's the easiest thing to receive. <laughs> because God promised to give to you. He wants you to be holy. You can't be holy without the Holy Spirit. He won't refuse you the Holy Spirit that will make you holy. So you need the Holy Spirit. So that's what I believe. If you need the Holy Spirit, you can receive. The thing is not how, whether you receive whether you will receive, you will, is what you do with the Holy Spirit, the gift that's given to you, that's what really matters. Some hide their gift, bury their gifts in the sand. Others use their gift. Would you use your gift? God is giving you gift, giving you the gift. Don't bury it. Stir up the gift. Father, I thank you for your people tonight. Even if it's one of oh God that you have minister to tonight because you have a, a certain destiny for their soul for their life here on earth let your spirit do his work and complete the work he started and I thank you Lord for speaking to us tonight help us to pray help us to understand that as Christians we must pray and we must do so praying in other tongues, praying in the Spirit. For your word says, But you, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the Holy Ghost in our lives. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless.